This is Julie D. from NordoniaHills.News. The Cleveland Sports Show starts now. Hello everyone, happy Thursday. Welcome to another awesome edition of the Cleveland Sports Show with Darius. Unfortunately, I have some bad news. As I was walking into the podcast today, my brain turned on and I realized that I forgot my sports book for my sports fact of the day at home. I'm terribly sorry. That will not happen again. But I do. this is more of a laid-back show today. We only had a four-day gap in between our most recent show and today. So let's just jump right into some MLS soccer. The conference in the East still pretty much remains the same as it was four days ago. Philadelphia, Atlanta, and Washington, D.C. remain in the top three in the group. Philadelphia with 36 points. Three points behind them, the defending champs, Atlanta United, who have started to look a little bit better in the season. Now 10-3-8 for 33 points. D.C. United with 8 wins, 8 draws, 5 losses to get them a combined 32 points. In the Western Conference, LAFC, the only team in the MLS with at least 40 points. They're the first team this year to hit the 40-point margin, looking for revenge against Atlanta after their defeat from last year's MLS Cup Final. And in second place, has uh, the Seattle Sounders have moved up over the LA Galaxy. They take the second standing, 35 points, so... Uh, LAFC have a very, very comfortable margin between them and second place. 35 points for Seattle. One point behind Seattle, however, is the LA Galaxy, with 11 wins, one draw, and only eight losses on the season for a total of 34 points. Minnesota United with 33 points, 10, 3, and 7. And more specifically, um, games for today include Ohio's own FC Cincinnati, They'll be, hosting, they'll be hosting the nation's capital, Washington, D.C., and D.C. United in Cincinnati tonight at 8 p.m. Eastern Time. Then after that game, at 10 p.m. Eastern Time, Orlando City will be in Portland to face off against the Timbers. Tomorrow, it's the cross-city rivalry in Los Angeles as the L.A. Galaxy and LAFC will face off tomorrow at 10 p.m. Eastern Time. Our stats for the MLS so far this week include Carlos Vela, who is still the top scorer in the league, 19 goals on the season. Josef Martinez of Atlanta United takes the second spot in that category with 15 of his own goals. And Zlatan Ibrahimovic of the LA Galaxy with 13 goals on the season. Diego Rossi of LAFC with 11 and Wayne Rooney of DC United with 10 goals. And the Columbus Crew, in their most recent game, put up a tie against the Chicago Fire in the Windy City. After a 28th minute goal by Dorde Milhailovic in the 28th minute, Yassi Zardes was able to tie up the game in the second half in the 47th minute. CJ Sapong of Chicago scored in the 63rd minute to put the fire up 2-1. to one. But then in the final minutes, Romario Williams with the crew scored a goal to tie up the game. And that is how our match ended yesterday. Our final, Chicago 2, Columbus 2. The stats themselves, Chicago with 19 shots compared to only 10 for the crew. 
Six shots on target for Chicago, five for Columbus. The possession was about 56% to 44% in favor of the fire. And the pass accuracy was dead even at 86%. Only one yellow card in the match and seven corners for the fire compared to only the two for Columbus. The upcoming schedule for the Columbus crew, as we know, we talked about their tie in Chicago yesterday. They'll head back home to Frey Stadium to face the Montreal Impact, then head out for a two-game road trip against New York and San Jose before coming back home to face their Ohio rival, FC Cincinnati. So mark your calendars, ladies and gentlemen, because on August 10th, the two worst teams in the MLS will be competing in Columbus. I've said this before on the show, the two teams from Ohio in the MLS are the two worst teams in the entire league. Now, is that a coincidence that the MLS hate Ohio? I have absolutely no clue. But Columbus, the Columbus crew have played 22 games. They've lost 14 of those 22 games. That means, if you're good at math, only 8 of their games have either been wins or draws. They have 5 wins on the season and 3 draws. They only have 18 points. For FC Cincinnati, it doesn't get any better. 13 of their 20 games so far this season have been losses. Five of their seven games that were not losses were wins, and they have two draws on the season as well. Now let's get into FC Cincinnati action. No games for them between our most recent episode and up to now, but they do have a game tonight, as, they, as I said, they will host DC United. They will then host New England uh, this upcoming Sunday at 6 p.m., then they'll head north of the border to Toronto to face off Toronto FC before coming back home to face off against Vancouver. And then we'll head to Columbus, Ohio's capital, to take on the crew. Also, quick update on the Cavs, who have just recently found J.R. Smith. We saw J.R. Smith at the Celebrity Softball game last week in Cleveland for the MLB All-Star game. Feeling great, feeling happy, awesome to see JR. However, the Cavs have waived JR Smith, and it has been reported that the Milwaukee Bucks, who have lost Nikola Mirotic, who is going back to Europe to become the highest paid player in EuroLeague history, the Bucks have lost him and now have interest in JR Smith. So it seems like the Bucks are still heading in that direction, in that system in which Giannis Antetokounmpo is the one driving into the paint, and everyone else surrounding him are shooters. And as we know in Cleveland, J.R. Smith is a three-point shooter. Still interested to see what he does. Ladies and gentlemen, what are your thoughts on what J.R. Smith should do? Which team needs J.R. Smith the most? You can give me all your comments and post all of your thoughts to, t to my Twitter account, my Twitter handle is at Nordonia Sports, and I am Darius Sethna. That's Darius spelled D-A-R-A-Y-U-S. What are your thoughts on J.R. Smith? I want to keep it NBA right now, and I want to go into a team analysis. 
And this week we're going to an analyze the Boston Celtics and what Kemba Walker can do to improve this team's chances of maybe making a finals and making some noise in what is now a very competitive Eastern Conference. Let's see what Kemba Walker had to say when he was asked why he chose Boston in his free agency decision. For me, is the competitiveness of this organization. Um, you know, they've been winning for, for years. I mean, you see all the banners you know, upstairs and in the arena. Um, you know, it's a winning organization, and I want to win. You know, that's, that's what I'm about. You know, throughout my basketball career and as a pro, you know, I haven't won consistently. And, you know, I just want to get a taste of that. Um, and, you know, I thought this was the best place for me to do that. And this definitely is a great place for Kemba Walker to win. As we know, the Celtics have won the most NBA championships in the history of the league with 17 total. Now, let's compare what Kemba Walker can bring to the floor and what Kyrie Irving can bring to the floor, as we know, to the former Celtic point guard Kyrie and upcoming Celtic point guard Kemba Walker. Honestly, if you're the Celtics, you're in a great situation these last, you know, three, four years. Having Isaiah Thomas controlling the floor and then having Kyrie Irving for two seasons and now having the benefits of what Kemba Walker can do. Now, both Kemba and Kyrie were drafted in the exact same draft. As you know, Cavs fans, Kyrie Irving was picked with uh, the first pick of the draft. Eight picks later, in the ninth pick, Kemba Walker was selected by the New Orleans Hornets at the time. Now, Walker does have a slightly higher scoring average than Kyrie Irving. Now, we've given the situations that they've been in, Kemba Walker has been much more heavily relied on than Kyrie Irving has these last few years, as Kemba has been asked to do much more in Charlotte than Irving has um, to do with LeBron in Cleveland and when he was in Boston. And Kyrie Irving, as we know, has definitely improved his passing game and is slightly a better passer than Kemba, averaging about only one more assist per game than Kemba Walker. Now, even though their averages are close, Kyrie has a few more rebounds um, per game, but in terms of height, Kyrie is two inches taller than Kemba Walker, and that definitely plays... Um, some effect of how their rebounding performances may go. Now, ladies and gentlemen, here's what I'm interested to see. I'm interested to see not only how Kemba Walker will be able to adapt to the Celtic system, but also I'm interested to see what Ennis Cantor brings to the table. As we all know, Ennis Cantor signed with the Celtics this summer as well. And this past season, for the Knicks, he put up about 14 points per game, in about 26 minutes, and played about 44 games for the team. He then got traded to Portland that, um, that same year. 13 points per game, shoot, uh, was shooting about 58% from the field, um, averaged about 9 rebounds and 1 assist, 1 to 2 assists. So it's clear that Ennis Cantor does bring a huge impact when it comes to the paint for the Celtics especially with the fact that Al Horford has now departed for Philadelphia. 
Of course, Aaron Baines is also a huge paint presence for the Celtics. And now with Ennis Cantor and Aaron Baines, you know, plus Daniel Tice, I'm interested to see what the performance can be and the potential that is there for the Celtics big men. And of course, Kemba Walker, who is really going to be the driving force, the floor general for the Celtics. Jason Tatum is going to have a lot more responsibility now. You know, Kyrie is obviously um, a much more efficient scorer than Kemba Walker. But Kemba Walker, it seems to me, and I don't know how you may feel about this, fits better with the system of Brad Stevens. It seems like he, Kemba Walker, you know, of course going to UConn and being in Charlotte with Michael Jordan as your GM, it seems that he understands what it really means to be a floor general. Not saying that Kyrie doesn't, because Kyrie definitely is a sensational point guard. But given the fact that Kemba isn't as skilled as Kyrie, Kemba can most Kemba most likely has a higher basket overall basketball IQ to um, make up for that. So I'm interested to see what Kemba Walker can do this season with Boston. Of course, Jason Tatum, as I said, is going to have a lot of pressure um, this year on him. He's going into his third year in the NBA after coming off what was rather a disappointing season um, last year. It was really a disappointing season for all of the Boston Celtics, really losing to the Bucks in five games. But it seems like now is the time for Jason Tatum to really take that step forward and take control of this Celtics team. Of course, Jalen Brown, Marcus Smart are still there for the Celtics. Terry Rozier is not there. Um, as we know, he was traded to Charlotte uh, once Kemba Walker signed with the Celtics. And Marcus Morris is now a member of the New York Knicks. Um, don't ask me why you would sign with the Knicks rather than the Celtics as of July 18th, 2019. But that's the situation the Celtics are in right now. And we wish Marcus Morris Sr. nothing but the best of luck in New York because they are definitely going to need it. In his, in his um, previous two seasons, Jason Tatum's put up about 14 uh, points per game. Played 79 games in 2018, 80 games in the 2017-2018 season, and was a huge part of Boston's run two years ago to a Game 7 in the Eastern Conference Finals against the Cavs. So that is our NBA talk for today, ladies and gentlemen. Again, what are your thoughts on the Cavs waving J.R. Smith? Where do you, which team do you think needs him the most? And what are your thoughts on my breakdown of the Boston Celtics and what Kemba Walker can do to take them to maybe an NBA Finals appearance. Now let's get on with the Cleveland Indians, some baseball talk. The Indians are playing the horrendously bad Detroit Tigers. And ladies and gentlemen, when I say bad, I mean they're pretty bad. They're, um, they're last in the American League Central Division, and they, along with the Baltimore Orioles, are the only team, two teams in the American League without 30 wins. In fact, they're the only two teams in the entire MLB who don't even have 30 wins yet. The Indians um, themselves are sitting on 54-40 and 40 on the season, about a 58% winning percentage. They're four games 
behind first place. Minnesota, the Minnesota Twins, um, taking that first standing with 58 wins on the season and 36 losses. The Indians have also been um, tremendous um, since the All-Star break. They're 8-2 and two in their last 10 games and have been fantastic um, against the Tigers. Now, this past Sunday, the Indians were finally able to snatch a win against the Minnesota Twins 4-3, to then faced off um, in their series with the Detroit Tigers. They won the first matchup 8-6 to this past Monday, and then on Tuesday, they just swept the floor with the Tigers with an 8 and with an 8 to nothing thrashing. In the second inning alone, the Indians scored five runs. They added two more runs in the third inning before spreading the icing on the cake with one inning in the sixth, or with one run in the sixth inning, excuse me, to finally win the game 8 to nothing. The Indians then followed up that performance with a dominating five-run win, 7 to 2 at Progressive Field yesterday. The Indians scored two runs in the third inning. Detroit did come back in the game. Um, the score was 1-2 to two after the sixth inning, um, thanks to a run from the Tigers. In the seventh inning, the Indians scored only one run and then really hit it home with in the eighth inning, scoring four runs to only one for the Tigers, giving the Indians a 7-2 to two win. And here's what Coach Terry Francona had to say about Mike Clevenger, who yesterday in six innings had six hits, one run, one walk, and 12 strikeouts. Now, of course, Terry Francona was very, very impressed um, with this performance. And let's take a listen to what he had to say on Clevenger's performance. You know, just his awareness, his ability to play the game, to, to be a good teammate. I mean, that was a huge play, that bunt. I mean, he just plays the, plays the game the right way. And, of course, Terry Francona has to be happy, not only with Mike Clevenger, but this entire Indian squad, who, as I mentioned, are 8-2 and two in their last 10 games. The Indians conclude their homestand with the Tigers um, today, about an hour um, from me speaking right now at 7-10. Um, they then will stay in progressive field, for a three-game uh, homestand against the Kansas City Royals starting tomorrow. They'll then head north of the border to face off for three games against the Toronto Blue Jays, then head to Kansas City for four games against the Royals. Other MLB matchups that we have for you this evening include the Tampa Bay Rays and the New York Yankees are battling it out right now as we speak. Our most recent update here at the Cleveland Sports Show is that the game is tied at two runs apiece. As I mentioned, the Tigers and the Indians face off tonight at Progressive Field 7-10. The Cardinals and the Reds, Ohio's other, Cincinnati, uh, Ohio's other MLB team, face off at 7-10 today as well. Washington Nationals and Atlanta Braves at 7-20 tonight. Oakland and Minnesota, what a great matchup that'll be tonight at 8-10. The 2017 World Series champs, the Astros, will face off against the Angels. The Milwaukee Brewers will face off against the Arizona Diamondbacks today at 9.40. And then the New York Mets will face the San Francisco Giants tonight in San Francisco at 9.45 Eastern Time. And finally, ladies and gentlemen, as I said, 
it was a very short show today, but I do have some great news for you. The Cleveland Sports Show is officially on Spotify. That's right, you can go to Spotify right now, type in the Cleveland Sports Show, or just type in Darius Sethna. That's Darius spelled D-A-R-A-Y-U-S-S-E-T-H-N-A. We only have two episodes up there right now, but we will be updating that for you so you can catch all our most recent episodes on Spotify and get it wherever you are. And that finally concludes our show, ladies and gentlemen. Don't forget to head on to NordoniaHills.News as we have um, some the fall sports kicking off now. Finally, it seems like it's been forever, but fall sports are finally back, so you can check out all the, rec- the most recent news about that on NordoniHills.News. Until our next episode, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for listening to the Cleveland Sports Show with Darius Sethna. We will see you next time for some more sports talk. Take care.